Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. SENZ lunchtime chat and what a treat this is. We're sitting in the Norwood room at the Basin Reserve, which is uh, generally with the haughty toities, the fishies, as I like to call them. Uh, sit. Uh, the tables look immaculate. Uh, the honours board uh, swayed the walls. It's it's quite a setting. And sitting alongside me is a man who's created a lot of memories for those who sit in these chairs uh, over the years. But uh, Neil Wagner has talk, called time on his test career. Uh, Neil, I, I know you spent a lot of time thanking New Zealand fans uh, in your press conference yesterday. I think it's probably fitting I say on their behalf, thanks for all the memories. No, that's very kind. Thanks, mate. Um, yeah, it's been a hell of a ride. It's been, uh, yeah, it sort of feels like um, you look back now and it feels like it's just gone in a flash. Um, sort of when you've got kids and you see how quickly they grow up, it sort of feels a little bit like that. So, um, yeah, it's gone by pretty quick. Um, but, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed every bit of it. Um, it's sad, like today, just... Pretty sad feeling knowing this is your last training um, before a test match with the with the lads and, and you'll be walking away. But um, yeah, feeling content and happy now and uh, yeah, sort of going to look back at those memories and, and reflect over the next little period and um, yeah, enjoy it, I guess. I, I thought that last single when you ran against Sri Lanka with the bulging disc, you know, doing everything to help New Zealand might be the last time we saw you, but that burning desire has always been there and that's probably got you back on the stage. Has it waned at all? Is it is it still there or is it just, I'm 37 years young, it's hard to get into an international team, it's just time? Yeah, it's, it's pretty much that, I think. Um, you know, yeah, I, I, bulging disc was, was bad. The torn hamstring was the worst. Um, to be honest, I thought the back was going to be the biggest problem, but coming back from the hamstring was the hardest Um to deal with both of them, it took a lot of time. Uh, I felt like I did a pretty good job to to get back to some sort of fitness. It was just, it was niggly that it wasn't really the cricket volume of cricket that I sort of needed um, leading into the South African series as well. So it always felt that I'm a better bowler the more I bowl and, and playing a lot of cricket. And it wasn't, it was quite a bit of T20 cricket, a little bit disrupted as well with that. But um, yeah, looking at it, obviously not being picked for this, it's, it's gutting... Um, it's a bit of a pill to swallow, but it's it's international sport, and you know you sort of got to take it on the chin. You got to move with that, and and then we sort of spoke and, and looked at the decision, and, and you know, hey, you're 37 years old. Um, you're looking at, you know, got to come back. Where are you going to get more cricket? Where are you going to get the loading that you need, and to to be at your best, um, and to be able to knock on the door. And then, to us, to subcontinent, you you know, there's only going to be one, maybe two seamers being you know picked in that. Um, and when you know you're not going to play those or you're going to sit on the side um, and carry the drinks, you sort of feel like, I don't know if you're going to be much of a value, I guess. And then one or two tests, maybe against England, um, you know, you sort of look at then and go, is it time to pass the baton on? Is it time to to give it to the youth, to the younger guys and um, let them, I guess, take the, the legacy forward and, and grow their team to to hopefully obviously get to that 
Test Championship final, but also um, for the next, I guess, 10 or 12 years to come, it's their time to to put their shine on it and and, and grow the team and, and hopefully leave it at a better place than, than what I found it. I, I want to take you back to Ross Dykes, Mike Hesson, try to convince you to come to New Zealand. You played age-grade stuff. You're, I think you're in the National Academy in South Africa. So what, was it, I'm going to New Zealand to play for New Zealand? Yeah, it didn't take me much convincing because it was uh, straight away the discussion was from Mike Hesson said, hey... Um, we want you to qualify to play for New Zealand, and and that was the drawing card for me. It was I wanted to play international career. I wanted to play at the highest level. And when uh, yeah, Hess and, and Ross Dyke said to me that hey, um, we want to help you in that that path and that career, and, and we'll commit, I guess, to that. Um, that was the easiest thing for me. Uh, to see where can I sign the dotted line? Um, I'll definitely do it. Um, yeah, I mean, in South Africa, I had a you know pretty good sort of crack at it. Um, uh, yeah, things just didn't work out or unfold. There was a, there was a huge amount of quality around at that time and I mean the Titans team that I played with um, you know players that missed out because the balance of the side was guys like Andre Nell Mono Morkel in, in, in the side that just came back from a test match and they're missing out on domestic cricket so it was just something that just you just couldn't really you couldn't really put your head around it so I thought it was a good time to go um, I thought as a person I probably needed that too and um you know, I think when you're that young, you sort of just you don't really know yourself yet, um, and bits and pieces, and moving out of your your parents' house and stuff, and, and putting your I guess your things in a suitcase, and then having to live by yourself, and and I get 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 to know yourself and and learn things, and um, yeah, we'd be on as kid came to Dunedin, and um, like I said, I, I was very open to to adapting to everything and, and finding my feet, and had pretty pretty good people around me then. You sort of owe those two. A lot. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, him, like, like I said, Ross Dykes, Mike Hesson, um, Craig Cumming in a huge part, and, and Warren McSkimming was my good old sit. And Warren McSkimming was uh, my bowling partner from the start and bowling from the other end, and he did the tough yards of bowling into yeah. the wind. And um, the, the nicest thing from him was I, I sort of grew up in an area where the senior bowler would just say, I'm bowling in this, and um, you go that end. And it was just, that was the way it is. You know, the senior bowler just took reins and, I remember I walked in and I didn't expect much and Warren McSkimmy said, mate, I'll go into the wind, that scene is going to suit you, so you go that end and, and those sort of things. And he, he let me sort of, I guess, you know, flourish against uh, as I started my career because he, he sort of tried to make it easy and we bowled his partnership and, and he was phenomenal from the other end. Um, and, and that let me sort of settle in and I sort of saw the bigger picture that guys were thinking as a team and not the, I guess, the selfish side of what they wanted to do, where they wanted to bowl. And, and that sort of sums up you, right? Team, yeah. team first. 100%. I mean, that, that's where I feel like that's what home. that's what grew to me was with that Otago team. Was That's where it sort of started. And, and Brendan McCullum was huge with that. Um, he was a huge leader in that. And every time he came and played for the vaults, um, that was what I got from him. And and then obviously leading into to the test stuff, um, that was just how bears rolled. And I loved every bit of it. And it just got the best out of me, I guess. But to be taken to heart by the New Zealand public to be as proud as you have been to put on that black cap. We, we've seen you, the blood, sweat, energy you've given. Uh, there's a deep connection between you being a Kiwi and, and the fans. So what's it like when you're out here at the basin and you've taken swags here, you, you know, swags for wags, you've wandered off with six, or you've won a test against England with one run up your hand. That connection between you and the fan, how, how special has that been? Unbelievable. Like, um, yeah, I, I can't thank him enough. Like I said, when I started my career, there was not a lot of people in the in the stands at, at times and it'd be quite empty or we'd be at the basin and there'd be, you know, a couple of claps and that was it. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, seeing how the fans fell in love with Test cricket and, and obviously with the team and, and supported us and got amongst it, it's been bloody awesome. Like I said, there's times where you're running in, especially at the basin, when it's a gustly wind, like when you sit down a fine leg or you stand there, the wind isn't it blowing as much as what it does in the middle, I can give you that, and, and people won't feel it, but it's pretty gustly out in the middle. Um, and you're running in trying to bowl, everything's hurting, your toes are bleeding, and um, the guys are lifting you up. Um, the people in the stand and that, the guys in the team, um, those are the guys that, that get amongst you. And uh, the chants and the stuff they sing and, and the, the appreciation you felt like when you bowl a good over or spell and people clapping you on, um, yeah, it always helped. It was it was definitely something that was that was really getting you up for and knowing that you, you're trying to make these people proud um, and proud of this team and proud to be be Kiwis. I just want to talk about uh, some of the some of the the brighter moments of a Test career that's been full of them. 260 Test wickets. Tell, tell me if I've got one or two wrong there. Uh, I look back though, maybe uh, I think it was about your third year, maybe second full season in the national. So I remember Eden Park against India. You picking out four wickets that they look like they're almost chasing down 400. W was that kind of your breakout? game where you, where you felt right test cricket I, 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 I'm the real deal I, I'm here for a long time yeah I sort of felt like that's where I sort of found my niche a little bit and, and Brendan always said at that, that time too I think that's where I started bowling quite a lot of short balls and um, there was you know some bounces in between there was some obviously swinging and pitching up and, and a few bits and pieces but it was a it was a test match where it was just um, swinging around the whole time in the balance and the way they play they are obviously a, a very strong team and um, with a lot of I mean gun players in it and yeah I, I thought that is where we sort of came together as a team and played some really good cricket and I sort of felt like now I sort of feel like I sort of belong and um, found my feet, I guess, in my role. Um, not trying to compete against other guys and trying to, you know, swing it more, be better than than Tim and Trent. It was more like, how can I be effective in this team and, and make them better, you know? And I think that's where it sort of hit me, and, and I sort of started feeling confident, I guess, in the role that I that I played. If I took that test and then rolled it out through, I think, the end of 2021, you take 190 test wickets at 24. That's world class. Everyone's got a um, a sentence to say, a paragraph to write about Neil Wagner's bowling um, style. I want to hear it from you. What are your plans? Why were you so successful? Like world-class levels through, through what, six or seven years? It's, it's a really long peak. Um, like I said, uh, I think some of the uh, – it could be one of my best traits but also my worst, weak, uh, I guess, weakness in a way is um, wanting to be a bit of a people pleaser at times. So uh, whenever – the team required me to do something, ask something for me. It was always a pleasure to do it, and I wanted to do it, and wanted to do it the best of my ability. There's times where I didn't feel like bowling short was going to be the best um, method or way, but when Tim or Kane, whoever's captain at the time, wanted me to do it, and I had to buy into that plan, was just to to find a way of doing it the best to to make them happy, and I guess to contribute. Um, and yeah, I just try and find a way with that. And to see the the joy and the pleasure on their faces, I think one thing that was always nicer with the wickets I did take, um, it, there's nothing for fastball and nothing better than, than ripping a stump out of the ground or, you know, nicking someone off. And I've, I really thoroughly enjoyed those moments. But um, bowling a bouncer goes up in the air and whatever, and, and you know, Tommy uh, Leif or you know, Salvi or Henry Nichols takes a great catch and Bolte took a few of those too. Um, it sort of felt like a team wicket and everyone's involved yeah. and the celebration felt like everyone was involved and I sort of always enjoyed that because I sort of felt like it was a it was a proper team wicket. It wasn't just about the individual, about me. It was um, 
it was a collective sort of thing. Someone still had to take a catch in a, in a pretty tough sort of light or tough way. And when they took the catch, we sort of felt like, okay, gosh, we finally got that wicket or that breakthrough and everyone was involved in that. So it's something I thoroughly enjoyed of that and, 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 and the way I played. And yeah, I mean, obviously um, we had two of the best swinging bowlers in the in the world, I feel in my opinion. Um, in our team, if they weren't going to swing it, why bother trying to swing it? Um, if, if Tim and Trent wasn't getting any lateral movement, um, I wasn't going to get it either. So that's why I felt like I had to get a different way and a different method, um, the three-quarter sort of ball and and obviously banging it in halfway down the wicket or just hitting the wicket as hard as I could. Um, that's where I feel my shortness of five foot nothing um, became a bit, of a bit of a weapon because it's something different. Um, you know, not a lot of short guys have tried that or did that and I thought it brought a point of difference and, and I really enjoyed doing that. I think you're being selfless to the end. Uh, to bowl with that accuracy in, in that difficult to sort of control area for the batsman, I, I, I think is such an, a, a rare skill and it's a credit to you that team first approach, uh, um, you executed it to a T. I'll just some quick fire ones to sort of to, to finish off. What's the best ball in Test cricket you bowled? Uh, Angelo Matthews through his legs, I think. Uh, it was a nice setup. <laughs> well, what was the setup? Um, we had the short ball field, and um, I think Tim Salvi came running to me and said, Hey, don't be shy of throwing a Yorker in there and bowl the perfect leg stump Yorker. And he tried to sort of leave it or kick it away with his pads and went right through his legs. Bowled, uh, I think that one, and then the other one was Kevin Peterson. Uh, I was bowling in Dunedin and Brendan McCullum asked me if I had a big in-swing in Yorker in me, and I said, yes, 100%. And he said, make sure it's full. Um, it was pretty half volley full, and swung in, hit him in the pads, first ball um, out of LBW. I think that's right up there in the memory box. Yeah, because you, you had a lot in your toolkit. Um, Favourite ground to bowl at? Good question. Uh, not here. Um, and I'm a Wellingtonian. You know that. I, I won't be offended. I, I loved Mount Monganui. Um, I do. That's my home ground. I, I definitely do love bowling there. But... I love bowling in the basin. I always felt that the wind was tough as hell to run into, but it could be your friend at times too, especially the short stuff, because it just, the change of pace, and I felt like if I did pull you, it sort of hung up in the air and it's there to catch. So although it's the hardest ground to bowl at um, and take wickets on sometimes, I felt like I enjoyed the most, the challenges that came with it, because it gave you an option or opportunity to get a wicket with that. Uh, you st your first test, you batted in the middle order. People need to remember that. Um, yeah. Someone gave me this stat. I'm the only guy, uh, and I want to know if it's true, but someone tweeted me this stat. I'm the only person to have, uh, in both innings, debuted first class and test to bat in the top order. Gwenning, not Watchman on both uh, innings of first class and test debut, and apparently the only person to have ever done that. So when you look at my debut, you think I'm the top order batter. So <laughs> it was quite cool. <laughs> Favourite shot, though? Is it a pull shot, 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's got to be the pull shot. I bowl that many bounces that people <laughs> want to bowl back at you that I had to work on the short ball and, and I love playing a pull shot, yeah. Uh, one batsman you're thrilled you'll never bowl a bouncer to again. I, who's the best at playing it? Uh, Harry Brook and Faf de Plessis. Yeah. yeah. They, they see it like a beach ball through binoculars, yeah, don't they? Right. They pick up the length so quickly. Yeah, no, I thought Harry Brook, the way he played it, was hard because he moved around the whole time. You just couldn't hit him um, where I wanted to. He just never stood still and... He's had a pretty good eye in the way he played it. And then I feel like, yeah, Faf de Plessis had so much time. He just hit it on the top of it, played it sort of down, and it was pretty good. Alistair Cook is another one. He he played it pretty well. Uh, one bowler you're happy you'll never face a bouncer from? Dale Stane. <laughs> Dale Stane is up there. Um, yeah, to be fair, Mitchell Stark is, yeah, yeah not too bad. But, um, yeah, Dale Stane is definitely the one. 
Uh, and uh, it's appropriate we finish off with team. Is, is there a, a test win or two or a series that are going to live long in your memory above, above others, rather? I think England at home 2018, I think it was. Uh, my Ish and myself batted it out. I think that series is definitely the one that would always stick. And then the one in England where we won at Edgebaston um, was, I reckon, pretty special series that will always stay. I think because we rested so many people before the test final um, guys came in, um, knew there was going to be a test, one-off test they played and put their hand up and, and played some phenomenal cricket and and uh, then not being part, obviously, in the World Test final. Uh, that was a pretty special series. And with the final, obviously, straight after that, it was it was something to be special to be part of. And, and then last year, that series, obviously, yeah, the um, levelling it against England, the way they played and came out quite hot and to be able to bring it back... Um, after being made to follow on, um, yeah, that was definitely up there. Yeah, your last ball at the Basin Reserve, right? Yeah, Caught Blundell, New Zealand win by one run. Yeah. Look at the, the smile says everything. Now, whatever comes next, we wish you all the very best. I, I know you're not giving up the game completely and, you know, we can't wait to see you compete. Uh, are you a big watcher of the game? Definitely. I love I love watching and I, and I think, like I said, I, I mean, I watched the T20s the other days when the, when the guys played and, you know, still still a fan of the team, fan of, of, uh, of the brand and, I definitely think it will be for a long time. I'll be sitting at home watching and watching these boys do it now and, and knowing that, gosh, my body's not going to hurt as much. Um, but jealous of the guys playing these T20 leagues and and, uh, and that because it's a lot easier on the body, that's for sure. So hopefully I can dip my toes into a fair bit of that. Oh, Neil, thanks for everything. Thank you very much. Appreciate that.